0: Good morning. Today, we're going to be diving into creation, chapters one and two, before the fall of man. What was it like? When I mean more of diving, when looking at these two chapters, it's more of a puddle and you're more of stepping into it. Uh, I was reading over these two chapters I realized that there's many, many different topics you could choose from. I listened to probably a dozen different sermons and realized that, well, exactly that, they're all different. They all chose a different way to explore Genesis chapter 1 and 2. But there's one thing that kept hitting me right in the head. And it was how amazing and how powerful God truly is. Now, hopefully, as we go through these two chapters, you'll realize the same as I did. So, starting at verse 1, in the beginning, God. Phil discussed last week that we can under, what we can understand about God is that He's eternal. And that's because He's always been here. For us, it's hard to understand that because everything that we do has a beginning and an end beginning of a day, beginning of a week, a month, a year, uh, a fiscal year, if you're looking at business, um, you're looking at you know everything, our lives. There's a date in which we're born, and for everyone else that's ever walked this earth, there's a date in which that we've died. So a beginning and an end. So it's hard to see that because with God, he's always been. Um, Phil also said there's a lot of smart physicists out there And some would believe that we we began in the mud Well, reading chapter 2, some of that is correct But they got a lot of it wrong A lot of it wrong saying that, well, they said, bang, 20 billion years And now I'm standing before you That's not what Genesis chapter 1 says So, in the beginning, God He's eternal, he's timeless, he's always been here he always will be, but instead of me reading through Genesis chapter one, uh, Phil actually gave me a, a a great video, and it kind of puts that visual aspect with it as well as versus just reading it. So, um, Mark, if you could. Did God really create the earth and all of creation in just six ordinary days only thousands of years ago? Clearly, this is what the Bible plainly teaches, and this belief has been held by the majority of Jewish and Christian believers for at least the last couple thousand years. Some people may think that this is not important, but let's take a moment to see why it is. Before taking a closer look at what the Bible teaches about Creation Week, let's take a quick video tour of the first chapter of Genesis.
1: In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And there was evening, and there was morning, one day. Then God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse, and called the expanse heaven. And there was evening, and there was morning, a second day. Then God said, Let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Then God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them. And there was evening, and there was morning, a third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens, to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons, and for days and years. God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. There was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. Then God said, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarmed after their kind and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, a fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind and it was so then god said let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth
0: Figure that was a little bit better than uh, me trying to read it and pick apart each day. Now, versus picking apart each day, I just want to pick out some main components, main some key key free some key phrases, key words that continue to keep showing up over and over and over again. The first one. Is this after their kind? It is seen in verse 11, verse 12, two times, verse 21, verse 24, two times, and verse 25, three times. This statement to me puts a massive blow on the theory of evolution. Evolution says that we came from the same thing. Okay? As I said earlier, the uh, physicists said that we all started in the mud. Okay, every single being started in the mud, but evolved. That's what they're saying. It evolved. So try to put an understanding of it. Uh, Dog comes from cat. Cat comes from mouse. Tree comes from grass. uh, Man comes from monkey, ape, chimpanzee, whatever they're saying. But even before that, everything was in the mud. That to me doesn't make sense. How could something like this, and as a nice visual understanding, I'm going to use my daughter, Willow, and this, be the same. So green grass, beautiful baby. How can that be the same? How can that come out from evolution? That's what it's saying. All the same elements but this green grass and this baby are the same. The only thing that I see about this green grass is that maybe what comes out of her might be like that. Either from this end or from this end. And trust me, this smells much better. So, And you dropped your elephant. What's nice about having, she's going to be seven months old, is that she won't remember me doing that. (laughs) So once again, how could those two come from the same? It doesn't make any sense. But what it does say is, after their kind. So dog comes from dog. German shepherd, Rottweiler, terrier, uh, poodle, it's a kind. Cow, you have You have a Holstein, you have a Jersey, you have longhorns, cows, okay? Trees, you have oak tree, you have maple trees, oaks, you have a pin oak, you have a red oak, you have a white oak, oak trees, after its kind. One of the sermons I uh, listened to is one from John MacArthur, and I really like the way that he put it. There are many different variations of the same kind. So, plain and simple, we don't come from chimpanzees, monkeys, apes, whatever they're saying. We are of our own kind. The next one that I like to point out is, Then God said. This one is said in verse 3, 6, 9, 11, 14, 20, 24, 26 and 29. Then God said, This is amazing when I think about it. It speaks to God's power. You know, then God said, In the beginning, it says that the earth was formless and void, and darkness is over the surface of the deep. God is able to create beauty from nothing. Before anything, it was just God, and then everything that we see is beauty. The closest thing that I could say to that would be, okay, Google, and my phone will search something for me. That's about the best that we can do. When we look at anything man-made, you know, most of the time, if not every single time, there is some form of inspiration. Okay? Uh, The architect, the author, the artist uses to make something beautiful. God, however, is able to do it from nothing. He made the earth, the animals, the seas, the mountains, the colors, the stars. And he did it from nothing, just by saying, then God said. One of my favorite places to be is down in uh, Burgles, Ohio. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Burgles, Ohio. It's, uh, you blink your eyes and you're through it. Uh, anyhow, uh, during the fall, actually within a couple of weeks here, I like to go bow hunting. Okay, And down in this deep hollow... 20 feet up in the air, where I like to be up in my tree stand. But about 50, 55 degrees, the sun is shining through. Okay? Just painting the picture for you. The leaves are turning. The reds, the oranges, the yellows. And at the bottom is this creek that runs through. So you just hear that kind of rustling of the creek constantly going through, and you see the animals. To me, there's nothing on earth that man has made that's more beautiful Than that scene, you know. How many people have gone through New England area during the leaf change? I don't care who you are, or what you can make. It's not as beautiful as something like that. And God did it by just what He says. Then God said, "Another reoccurring phrase that I like to point out here is." And God saw that it was good. Verse 4, verse 10, verse 12, verse 18, verse 21, and verse 25. Again, it says, and God, it was good. It was good. It was good. But then we reach verse 31. And what's 31 say? God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. So, let's just tear that apart. Everything that God made was good, and he said it was very good. But what if there was one day where he said, well, gets done looking at it, and goes, not good. Not that one. I'm sure we've all done this. I'm thinking in the kitchen. I like to cook. Well, it's more I like to eat a lot. You're making something for dinner. And you're going through it, it smells good, you know, you're getting to your end product, you're putting it on your plate, and you sit down, say your prayer, you pick up your fork, and you put it in your mouth, and you realize, not so good. Alrighty, so you got three options. One, you can still eat it because you're hungry. Two, you can start over, or three, go hungry. Or if you live here in the U.S., order takeout. I guess there's four. But God didn't say that. He didn't say not good. He said it was good. He's our master creator, master chef if you're in the kitchen. God was pleased with his creation. Sin had yet to come to to earth. It was complete. It was perfect the way it was. But pointing out all these simple things... Uh, these reoccurring things that keep happening, there's one passage I feel pulls out from anything else, and that's verses 26 and 27. If you'd like to follow along. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, God created man in His own image, in the image of God He created him. Male and female He created them. God, this this part of the passage in chapter one is completely different. God spoke everything else in the, into existence. It said, "Then God said," then God said, it does start off with "Then God said," but this one was more personal. It said, "Let us make man." If you were looking at verse 6, it says, then God said, Let there be an expanse. Verse 9, then God said, Let the waters below the heavens be gathered. You know, verse 20, then God said, Let the waters teem with swarms. It, he spoke it and then it happened. But man, he took the time to make. It was personal. And what was the purpose of man? Plain and simple. If you read verse 26 here again, it says to rule over the birds rule over the earth rule have dominion over it why didn't God choose something else to have dominion I don't think it was personal God made man he it says make make you know before it happens made after you know this make it was personal but there's something else within this passage the passage also is amazing because in the first Book of the Bible, the first chapter of the Bible, we see the Trinity. This word, our, and us, it says, let us make man, in our image, according to our likeness. That's more than one, that's plural. Okay? But in verse 27, it says, he created. His, that's singular. Uh, Verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Again, we'd say that's singular, okay? Not plural. If you'd like to turn with me to, um, sorry, uh, John chapter one verses uh, one through three. It says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. This He is Jesus." All things came into being through him, Jesus, and apart from him, Jesus, nothing came into being that has come into being. Again, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Him, once again, Jesus, but well that's singular, but going back to verse 26, it says, let us make man in our image. They are one and the same. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they've always been, they've been here And once again, what makes man special? The only thing I can come up with after reading this over and over and over and over again and searching was God made man special. That's it. There's nothing that makes us special above anything else except God created us that way. I think I could continue to go on and on and on about the Trinity, but you would all like to go to lunch today. So let's continue to read. Verse 29. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be for food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth, which has life, I have given every green plant for food. What is that saying? Exactly what it sounds. Vegetarians, there was no meat on the table. There was no beef, chicken, pork, venison, rabbit, lamb. Wherever we're at in the world, there was no meat on the table yet. Why? Plain and simple, sin hadn't entered the earth yet. We're, we're made to be vegetarians. There would be a much slimmer version standing before you. okay? And my LDL cholesterol wouldn't be so high. What did uh, Casey and the kids and I do last night? We went not had burgers. I'm sure my doctor would like that. <laughs> Verse 31. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Let's keep moving on. Chapter 2. Now, chapter 2 is more of a continuation of what we just read. Everything that chapter 1 saying, chapter 2 is more of a continuation of it. Starting at verse 1, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and all their hosts... Oh, by the way, grass doesn't cry. <laughs> you should say it as the burger... <laughs> She didn't eat the burger yet. (laughs) Mama did eat the burger. All right. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and all their hosts. By the seventh day God completed his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So once again, it was very good. It was completed. It was finished. There was nothing else that needed to be added. Once again, that puts a blow on evolution. Evolution says we started in the mud and evolved into everything else. Well, this says that it's it's done. There was no evolution. It's not evolving. It's complete. Another thing that points out that on the seventh day says that God rested. Does this mean that God was weary? Was he tired? Was he fatigued? No. I believe that more of it was a model for man. Some might say, well, it's the Sabbath. Well, the Sabbath hasn't been instituted yet. The Sabbath hasn't been instituted because it's a couple thousand more years to come. The Sabbath was with Moses. You're talking somewhere around 1450 B.C., a couple decades, somewhere in there. So it was more of a precursor of what was to come. I'm sure there's plenty of us that have worked day after day after day after day. And what does your body do? It gets fatigued. gets tired. Some of my uh, patients, uh, some are great at what they do. They continue to do more and more and more. And then they say, well, why am I so sore? Well, I mean, you didn't rest. Plain and simple. You did your exercises over and over and over again. If you were asked uh, Randy and Diane, their bodies need rest too. They can't just sit there and run every single day and do 20 miles every single day. Their body's going to quit. They need rest. Verse 4. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. in the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven. Now no shrub of the field was yet in the earth and no plant of the field had yet sprouted for the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth and there was no man to cultivate the ground but a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. Once again, this is just more saying, hey, this is what happened up to, you know, coming on to day five. Then day six comes in, verse seven. Then the Lord God formed man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. You can almost see it's like God taking dust and forming him, making him in his image. Man's first breath, it says that God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So in the medical field, I'd say that God created CPR. Plain and simple, God gave man CPR without the two-inch compressions on the chest. And it was so. Man continues to be unique because God didn't breathe into anything else he created. He said, and it came to be, but he he took the time to breathe life into man. He made him personal. Continue the reading at uh, verse eight. Said the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Out of the out of the ground the Lord caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and there of the knowledge the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river flowed out of Eden. To water the garden and from there it divided and it became four rivers the name of the first is pishon it flows around the whole land of havilah where there is gold the gold of that land is good the bdellium and the onyx stone are there the name of the second river is gehon it flows around the whole land of cush the name of the third river is tigris it flows east of assyria and the fourth river is the euphrates God's just painting a picture of what's going on here. You have the Garden of Eden. You have man being placed in the garden. And it's just showing the demographics here, what's going on. you got one main river and it splits into four. Verse 15, Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. Now, there's two things here. God gave Adam two commands. All right, cultivate and keep the ground. And two, don't eat from that tree. Was it because it was poisonous? Did Adam have an allergy to it? Well, you we read re- further in Genesis now. He ate the fruit. He didn't, you know, die right away from it, so it couldn't have been an allergy, and it wasn't poisonous. Plain and simple, don't eat it because you're going to die if you do. Why? Plain and simple. Because you disobeyed me, and because you disobeyed me, you have sinned, and the punishment for sin is death. Plain and simple. That's why don't eat from this tree. Is because God said, don't eat from it. Verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. Why wasn't there there a helper suitable for Adam? Plain and simple. God made Adam. He was one of a kind. This again, puts that blow to evolution. That we didn't come from monkeys, apes, chimpanzees. God made Adam. He was one of a kind. There was no evolution. I think we can continue to go on and on about creation. Continue to pull in fact after fact after fact of about you know how it puts evolution down. But... Let's just see what the rest of the Bible says. Verse 21. So the Lord God caused deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Once again you see the uniqueness of man. Eve was not out of the ground. God made it personal as well. He took Adam's rib and made Eve so you see him making Adam and you also see him making Eve man is set apart after reading all of this theres it just comes down to one thing to believe that God created everything we know in six days and rested on the seventh This is exactly that is just to believe to have faith that he did so to believe, and this also goes into our faith as well. Our faith that Christ came and was born of a virgin. Science tells us that can't happen. He walked this earth for a period of time. He died on the cross. And rose again, not for one day, two days, but three days. Science will tell you once you're dead, you're dead. Now, there's not one doctor out there that can bring you back to life after three days. Plain and simple. But once again, he did. He's here. He's living. That type of faith is the same as believing in creation that God created in six days, is to have faith. It happened in six days versus 20 billion years, like science wants to tell us. Is it difficult to explain yeah, but if we simplify it and just say what Genesis says in chapter 1 and into chapter 2, it doesn't have to be difficult to explain. Just believe it. Believe it the same as you believe in your faith that Christ died and rose again. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for creation. Thank you for the beauty that you've created. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for making man different. We're not like the beasts of the field. We're not like the fish of the sea. We're not like the birds of the air. You took it upon yourself to make it personal to make us. Lord, your power, your uniqueness, it's hard to wrap our minds around. You said that you created the stars, and you created the stars also. Just to look up at the vastness of space, and you did it in five words. That, for me, is hard to wrap my mind around. And yet, you did it so that we're able to see You did so much for us. Lord, thank you for creation. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for giving us another way back to you. In your name I pray. Amen.